You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos. I hate calling myself that. And underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. All right, here we are, Delirious Nomads. I think episode 30, what? 31, 32. 31, 32. I think we should start actually paying attention. It makes us sound more official, but definitely episode 30 something. Can't believe we've gotten here so fast. This is the uh, one of the last of the year. We're in December. Um, and we are introducing starting today, what will now be a semi, well, semi-regular sounds like a lot, but an occasional special that Matt Bacon and I will do where in lieu of having an amazing guest on the show, um, we will just interview each other, uh, through a series of questions, um, called delirious questions where we get to know each other, um, by asking questions. Some of them may be personal. Some of them may be ridiculous today. I'm on the offensive, which means I'll be asking most of the questions, although Matt does have the ability to ask me questions, but we're not going to go one for one. We're going to we're going to start this this whole series by me asking uh, Matt a bunch of questions that are pretty ridiculous. Um, But through his answers, you, our listeners, will get to, to know a little bit more about him and his the way his brain works his his still young developing brain and how it works <laughs> and so to start um i guess i'm going to ask you a very a very a very very uh a very 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 oh and also because i'm a chef there'll be some we'll be able to uh bring in some food type questions in which is something we're not always able to do so as i take a sip of my beer i'm going to ask the first question to matt bacon which is is cereal soup? Why or why not? Cereal is candy soup because cereal is candy. None of us want to admit it to ourselves. It is. I don't know. Like, I feel like there comes to a point in your life where you're like, what the fuck? We're all like, okay with eating this, but cereal is candy soup. Uh, because soup, like, I think what makes a soup broth is so varied. Yep. Right. And like so many soup broths are like some form of milk based. Do you know what I'm saying? Just answer, 
Listen, we're trying to get, this is also a, a variation on 20 questions. So just answer the goddamn question and we'll move on. I'm just telling you what I think. That's all. I have a question for you. Okay. I, uh, all right, fine. All right, fine. God, okay. ask away. Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a dozen duck-sized horses? I would probably want to fight horse-sized duck because I want to focus on one opponent instead of 12. And also ducks have really vulnerable areas like in their like their legs are really thin <laughs> and their webbed feet could probably be very easily compromised i like i like the uh, i like that you knew that ducks have have areas that you can attack <laughs> yes so i'm gonna go with the one duck it's gonna be big it's not gonna be easy but i know what areas to attack okay is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. Why? It's a piece of meat between two slices of bread. It doesn't matter if the slices. Not, no, not, not, not. They're not slices. Well, is a burger a sandwich? A, like, okay, so you've got like yeah, a burgers are slices. No, because you have like the clam shell burger sometimes. Well, don't try to distract me by bringing in. Or what about a panini? A panini is like two, like a piece of bread, like folded over on itself, right? What do you do? You think a, so? You think a hot dog is a sandwich? Yeah, because like if a panini is a sandwich and panini is just like bread folded on itself with stuff inside, then like how is a hot dog not that? I actually agree with you. I think a hot dog is a sandwich. So I mean, you're the chef, so you know better than I. Do. What secret conspiracy would you like to start? There's this book called Foucault's Pendulum. I love that you have an answer queued up. <laughs> like I would have to think of that. I would have to think of something. Um, that like me and a bunch of my like weird like black metal euro friends have read. Yep. And it's like definitely a very like nerdy educated guy book. It's by Umberto Eco, who's like one of my favorite authors. Um, and then basically what you find basically the way it what happens in this book is the different characters, these characters they run like a publishing house and they start they they end up like starting conspiracy theories because they think it's fun. And then they find out that people are believing the conspiracy theories. And then they find out that the real conspiracy theory is that there is no conspiracy. Something like that would be really fun to just like have a publishing house where I just start a whole bunch of conspiracy theories. The one I'm really into right now, there's a really good Jedi Mind Tricks lyric about the info. It's like something about the information hidden in the Galapagos ruins. And it's like, you don't know about the Gospel of Judas, about the information found in the Galapagos ruins. And I think that's like such a perfect hip hop like conspiracy lyric, even though that isn't actually a conspiracy. <laughs> but I would love to start a Galapagos ruins conspiracy and tie it into like the hidden Egyptian um, temple in the Grand Canyon or something. Like I'm really into that conspiracy theory. So yeah, that, that, that's like the conspiracy theories I'm into. It's like not like QAnon, but like weird Lovecraft shit from the 19th century. Over the weekend, I believe Gene Simmons retweeted the Flat Earthers Society, uh, like put out a message to all their followers around the globe. Yeah. Think about that for a second. The Flat Earthers Society. Yeah, but like those guys are like... Around the globe? Have you like talked to a flat earther? Like they are like some different shit. Well, that's super interesting to me actually. No, I have not. What is a conspiracy theory that, you, that if that you're willing to share that you actually believe? Here's two things. One, I think that the government genuinely believes in aliens. They just don't know enough about them to really say anything. And anything they would say would just make us more scared. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of what they've already said. But I, that's kind of what I think is the situation with aliens is like... We know they're there. We just like don't fucking know what to do. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is I think we're definitely 
not as informed about 9-11 as we should be. Mm, good calls, both. Well, what's your conspiracy theory that you would accept? Well, I mean, 9-11's one. I don't necessarily have opinions that are strong enough in terms of like, you know, it was an inside job. It wasn't whatever. I have more theories about the actual scientific, like building seven, I think it was called or whatever, like the building a block away that disintegrated for really no reason and had a bunch of government records in it. You know, why did that building fall? You know, uh, the, the whole Pentagon situation, like, and, you know, I don't love to talk about it because I was there. I cooked at 9-11. Uh, I cooked, I'm sorry, I cooked on, at Ground Zero uh, oh, after wow. 9-11 for three days in a row while people were still, you know, looking for survivors, you know. That whole thing was very personal to me, you know, to be on a boat right by Ground Zero cooking dinner for all the first responders and uh, military and having actually seen uh, all the wreckage and, you know, walking around handing out breakfast sandwiches to military and seeing photos that were once on someone's desk of their wife and family or husband and family. So I don't really like to think about it that much, but I, but I do think that it, sometimes I, 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 sometimes I think that the, um, the actual destruction that happened that day maybe was aided by more than just a couple of planes. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. But let's move on to lighter things because we want to make people happy. It's the holidays. What's the funniest joke you know by heart? Okay, this is a really long joke, but are you are you willing to bear with me on this? If you know it by heart and it's the funniest joke, I mean, I asked the question. It's 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 a rock and roll joke. So that's why I'm choosing this one. I have a few other like good like I'm a really big on shaggy dog jokes. This is my favorite rock and roll shaggy dog. Joke. There's a horse on a farm and the farmer son is playing Jimi Hendrix. And the, the horse decides, you know, I would like to play like that. So he calls up the guitar store and says, hey, I'm a horse. Um, if I bought a guitar, would you be able to teach me? And the guitar store guy says, you know what? Fuck it. It sounds fun. Let's see what I can do. Soon enough, the horse buys a guitar. He's shredding like Hendrix. He's doing great. The pig sees this and says, huh, this is pretty cool. Let me see if I can play drums. And so the, drum, so the pig calls up the music store. Same deal. Hey, can you buy, sell me a drum kit? Can you teach me drums? I'm a pig. But is there an artist involved or no? Just He just wants to play drums. He just wants to play drums. Okay, gotcha. He wants, he wants to jam with the horse. Gotcha. So presumably the artist is Jimi Hendrix. So the, the, the music store guy says, you know what? I taught a horse to play guitar. The horse sounds great. I'll teach you to play drums. So he gets a drum kit, starts playing drums. Soon him and the horse are jamming. The sheep sees this and says wow, this is really cool, this rock and roll thing. I should play bass. Calls up the music store, gets a bass, says, hey, can you teach me? Well, I taught a horse guitar, a pig drums. I'll teach a sheep bass. So they're playing, they're shredding, they're doing great. They assume because they're barnyard animals, this is all it is, right? But no, one day, Mr. Big is driving by in his car and he hears them playing and he says, and he turns into the farm and he's amazed to find out it's animals. And he's like, you know what? We need to sign you to our big label. We need to give you a deal. Like, this is going to be insane. This is going to blow up. And so they're excited. And before they even play their first show, they're out doing talk shows, yada, yada, yada. You know, their debut show is going to be Webster Hall, New York City, a venue you and I both know and love. Right? Yes. And it's going great. Everyone's excited. Everyone's excited to hear the first single, whatever. But then 
the horse's mom gets sick. And the horse says, look, I have to delay the first show because I have to go spend time with my mom. I think she's hitting the end. And he goes back to see her. And fortunately, it's just a bit of hay fever. Ha ha ha. But <laughs> we're not, we're not <laughs> here yet. You're going to roll your eyes. Um, but the, the, the sheep and the pig continue their, like, doing talk shows and continue interviews. But then on their flight to New York City, the sheep and the pig, their plane crashes and they die horribly. It was great for the holidays. And the horse is just destroyed. And this entire time, you know, he was trying to like not drink and just like enjoy the moment and like revel in everything that was happening. But he just can't take it anymore. So he walks into a bar and the bartender says, why the long face? <laughs> That is equally hysterical and horrifying. Well done. That's my favorite joke right now. Oh my god! You just you just use you just you just totally every why the long face joke for the rest of my life will always be. I know why. I know why. Oh my god! I don't know how many listeners we have. What listening to this thing? Hopefully not a lot because that was terrible. <laughs> Oh, I have like many more like this. That's like the worst part. I have like a seven, eight, nine joke. I have oh, um, God, no, gosh, yeah. man, the seven, eight, nine joke. I'll tell you at some point. I have a no, I mean, go ahead. name joke. Like we have, we have twenty questions. We've 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 asked about seven. So if you want to tell me your seven, eight, nine joke, go for it. I'm not going to tell you my seven, eight, nine joke. It's pretty horrifying. All right. So when you were in, I mean, you're just a few years out of high school. We've we've established this on many, 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 many podcasts. Uh, but when you were in high school, finish a sentence. Matt Bacon is most likely to burn down a church. <laughs> but the reality is anyone that knows you knows that while that ideology has a place in your heart, you wouldn't actually burn down a church. What's actually funny is I taught Sunday school and I in high school. Basically, my mom is really involved in the church and I was really involved in black metal. And it was a lot easier to like go to church and be cool than it was to like be like, I was, it was like much more, it was much better to like give her that, you know what I mean? And then like go do whatever the fuck else I wanted. Yeah. 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 To completely rebel on everything. So I was like, you know what? We can just do this. So I would teach Sunday school super fucking hungover to like three and four year olds who loved me. That's all of this is mildly alarming to me what, what that children like me yes why is that alarming I, i'm a very adorable adorable where are you right now by the way that it's 2 a.m i'm in berlin and because why uh work gotcha we've talked on a previous podcast about how you're friends with martha stewart correct i i call her a friend she would probably call me an acquaintance but go i digress who is the most surreal celebrity you have spent time with that i can talk about on air <laughs> Geez, yeah, fair point. Yeah, no, yeah, because there's a few that I I shouldn't or couldn't or won't. Surreal. When you say surreal, I, like in your your definition. So, like for me, the most surreal celebrity encounter I ever had was I met Lady Gaga in a sort of secret goth club when she was just there, like partying with her friends, and we like hung out. That's funny because I actually know her from back be- before she got super, super, super famous. Yes. I'll hang out at that bar in the Lower East Side called St. Jerome's. And so I used to drink whiskey with her all the time. And after she got really 
you know, after she blew up, she used to always come to my restaurant, Beauty in Essex. Um, and so that, but that's not surreal to me because she was more like a friend to me. I would say for sure that, um, oh, I will tell you what, you know, here's, an, here's, here's a surreal story. Maybe not. And uh, so Mila Kunis, yeah, she and I met uh, a couple times. When you say met a couple times. Uh, she came to the restaurant. I ran to her. I ran into her on, uh, you know, on a, uh, you know, on on an airplane. Is that what happens when you fly first class out of Los Angeles? Like famous people just meet each other? I guess so. No, no, that's a, that's a serious question. Like, does that happen to you? It definitely does. I've, you know, what I have done is I've fortified relationships that way. In other words, I've I've met somebody. And then you you meet them and you say hello and you hang out with them and you exchange numbers, but nobody really follows up on it. But then all of a sudden you see each other on a plane and you're like, hey, dude, we just hung out like three weeks ago. Like, we definitely need to hang out now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She came to Beauty in Essex, Mila Kunis, that is, in 2012. I'm looking at it right now. And for some reason... All the tabloids thought we were dating. That's got to be a good feeling, though. Yeah, like People Magazine, Mila Kunis completely geeks out when she met the handsome chef Chris Santos from TV's Chopped and Beauty and Essex restaurants. How do, <laughs> how do I become the handsome? What am I? Uh, metal savant? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I want people, I want people to say I'm handsome. But that was like that was surreal. Like that's crazy. I read about, and then everyone else picked it up. So it was TMZ. It was this, it was that, it was this, it was that. And it was all like, kind of like, you know, suggesting that she and I had something going on, which is ridiculous. And, you know, she's so beautiful and and such an amazing human being and whatever. And, but just, it was just stupid, but they all, they all ran with the story. They all ran with the story. So then, so for that one week, if you were in a supermarket and anywhere, in this country and you picked up like people magazine or, or, or whatever the magazines are like, there was, there was a mention about how Mila Kunis and Chris Santos had this moment at his restaurant. And actually we didn't, we just were friends and I, I made her dinner. (laughs) For the record, my grandma like people magazine thinks you're very handsome. Oh, thank you. That was like the weird thing about seeing my grandparents for Thanksgiving was they have been bragging to all of their friends that I work with you. And I was like, oh shit. It's very funny. What's your favorite thing to eat, by the way? Speaking of restaurants and stuff like that. Is it brown nosing if I if I if I say the uh grilled cheese bites? Yeah, no, no, yeah, it's a hundred percent. It can't be anything that I make. But like the grilled cheese bites might be my favorite thing to eat. Like when you said favorite thing to eat, like not even joking, my first thought was grilled cheese bites. You know, okay, you know what I like more than anything, and this is, is I went for many years without eating any animal products at all, right? Yep. And I broke recently for mussels, which are, there's actually a lot of vegans who eat mussels because mussels aren't really alive. Like they're less alive than plants in a lot of ways. Okay. But moule frite is like a traditional French thing. It's like mussels and French fries. Yes, of course. And with a, with like a really, really fragrant uh seafood broth typically and that's my favorite thing and that's what like broke me on like years and years of no animal products was like i was like you know what muscles aren't really animals 
And this was like such a fundamental part of my childhood in France. Who do you think was the first person to open a muscle and say, fuck this, let's eat this shit? Like, think about, think about by the way, mussels, clams, oysters, lobsters, crabs. Like, who were the first people to be like, let's cook this? And well, like, do you ever like think about that? Like in the macro, like the evolution of like people go like, oh, humans were around for 200,000 years. So like clearly there was another civilization before this civilization. But like when you think about it, like not really, because like think about like in the macro, like, OK, so let's say you figure out fire, but you don't have writing. Right. So you can show really all you can do is show your children the one thing you learned. Right. Like you can't communicate it in bulk or broadly enough that other people like figure something else out right with it you know what i mean so like that's why progress is so slow but then like just like think about that like think about like eggs right like think about because like a lot of these things you can eat raw we just don't really realize you can eat raw like eggs like clams and oysters and stuff but like and also like i think in like a world with less pollution you could just eat more raw shit and not really worry about it yeah but like do you ever like think about that like how hard it is to like communicate to your kid when you don't have a language how to make an egg yeah or even like how to get an egg when the creature that has an egg is terrifying right like a like a like a like a horse-sized duck i don't know like have you been you've been to australia right i've never been to australia even though we own a business there in my company um I've never been to Australia. I would love, by the way, to go to Australia and New Zealand. It is a, uh, I guess, being 50 years old, almost 51, I, I'm allowed to say the word bucket list. Um, New Zealand and Australia is a place I need to visit before I leave this uh, this earth and go move on to the next. So exist- I want to explore that with you in a second. But like one of the things that really struck me when I was in Australia uh, at the like wildlife zoo feeding emus, right, was like you're feeding an emu and it starts to follow you with its creepy neck thing. Right. And then you look at it's like fucking velociraptor foot and you get this like fundamental fear inside of you, like on like a lower brain level. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you're like, I understand like these are emus that like they let children feed and they probably won't, you know, gouge out my intestines, but they could. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they could and like you know i don't know you get really scared you get like a weird fear inside of you yep and i just can you even imagine being a caveman with like very minimal information and no one really able to communicate information to you trying to kill a fucking mammoth Mm-mm. i can't i can, the whole the whole evolution of food cookery and 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 nutrition and s- substance and survival even uh is incredibly captivating to me I mean, it's, it's so easy, but even, you know, you don't, you don't even have to go back to caveman era. You don't have to go back to there. You, you don't, you can go back to the 1600s, 1700s when there was no refrigeration, when there was no real means of preserve, preserve, preserving things where it was, you're still basically hunting. And if, and if you, if you don't, if you don't get your catch, you go fucking hungry. Like that was only 250 to 350 years ago. That's crazy. But like, but like, it's even like, I like, I've been spending a lot of time talking to my grandma about a lot of this stuff um, in, in recent years, you know, as she gets older. 
And just like being like, so what was it like being a little kid in occupied France in World War II, right? And like the shit they would eat is like, you fucking lived it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you're making like soup out of like nettles. Yeah. You know, like it's, uh, yeah, dude, shit's crazy. Like when you consider how much of human history was just like eating half raw shit and hoping it didn't kill you. Right. Um. So for the sake of our viewers, we are, we're probably approaching our end time. Um, this is one of our, this is one of three year end, uh, incredible, uh, well, I mean, incredible might be a stretch, but, but well done podcasts that we're doing. Um, we have two exceptional guests, uh, coming up to close our year. I will not announce them now and here, but you don't want to miss them. Uh, but, to sort of end the night um, or end the day, I, I like to think that our viewers or our viewers, our listeners, uh, listen to this at night. What is your favorite holiday meal? Or what is your, it doesn't have to be a meal, a full meal. What is your favorite thing to eat during the holidays? Stuffing. Stuffing. Like what? Like cornbread based, bread, bra- bread based? Bread based. Uh, I didn't even know cornbread based was an option. Oh my God. I make the best cornbread stuffing. It's unbelievable, dude. I make a sage dried cherry cornbread stuffing, but I do it for Thanksgiving. I don't do it for Christmas. So, but we'll, we'll talk about it. It's we're going to bring the bacon family to beauty and Essex next Thanksgiving. Great. How, by the way, how did, how, where does the bacon family, how does that derive? Like it would just, it would just, it would just, uh, of course be perfect that my partner and my, uh, music side of my life is the last name is Bacon, but like, where does that come from? It's like it wasn't always. It comes from being thirteen and being in touch with a bunch of sketchy black metal guys, and deciding that I probably shouldn't put my real last name out there. Okay, great. And then as it's evolved, and I'm like a personality or whatever. My dad has a pretty serious job. My mom is very involved in the church. My sister has like a degree from an Ivy league school and has like real job. But you don't, you don't yourself eat bacon. I don't eat any. Yeah, no, fuck that. Meat is murder. But you've named yourself after it. Because I was 13 and then everything else got out. Okay. I didn't think that I would be having a podcast with a TV celebrity, Chris. With a celebrity chef that has a bacon tattoo. (laughs) Does this mean I need to get a Chris Santos tattoo? No, I think you just need to reconsider your last name. That's all. Oh, I, I can't. It got out of hand. And then how about we just call you Matt Fakin? Uh, no, it's it's uh, everything is out of control. This is one of the few things left that connects me to my I actually had a really I don't know. There's not a lot of things that connect me to being young and beautiful anymore. Everything now is just about being old and trying not to die. You're 24 or something. I'm 50, almost 51. Yeah, I know. I can't even imagine that, dude. Do not talk to me about being old and whatever. All right, you know what? This podcast is over. <laughs> Fuck you. Can I, can I just point something out? Well, can I just point something I, out? What? My roommate is 31. Yes. Everyone thinks I'm significantly older than her. <laughs> you know what? Um, everyone, I'm putting you out of your misery. We have two great guests coming next week and the week after. You'll be super psyched. Do not miss it. We, we love three. you all. Happy wait, holidays. Wait, Chris, Chris, I have one last question for you. Fuck, I'm trying to what okay what so what you said something earlier um and i wanted to kind of touch on this but just to circle back on the australia thing on the travel thing yeah bucket list places what's the weirdest bucket list place you have um honestly um like 
I want to go. I want uh, the only way this is going to happen. And let me frame this the correct way. I'm about to be married in May. Yes. I am wildly in love with my fiance. It's taken me a couple tries to get it right. And, and her as well. You know, I am 51. And so obviously I hope that uh, this is it. And I will have a wonderful run with her and then die. And there you go. But if something were to happen and I found myself alone unexpectedly, I don't, I've always wanted to go to a place where there's 30 or 40 nights of darkness, um, you know, where, where those places exist, whether it's a deepest, darkest part of Alaska, whether it's a deep, dark part of uh, Norway, Sweden, Finland, uh, Greenland, uh, Iceland. I'm not even really sure where these, where these places exist, um, but the idea of existing in 30 days of darkness or 40 days of darkness has always been really, 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 really something I would love to do if I had, if I had the chance. Fair enough. That's a good one. Yeah. It's not a bad one. I think it would be so fucking cool. Like so cool. Like, like to be able to, I don't know, like survive, you know, survive 30 or 40 days. Like think about even that, like I'm, I'm talking about something that, our ancestors a couple hundred years ago would be like smack me right in the head for saying that you know what i mean but to survive 30 days of no light and you know only venture out to get you know supplies so to speak and what i would think or hope would be a bonding process with everyone else that's going through the same thing like that would be very cool to me that's a good one okay that's a good one i'm, I'm glad that it met your um qualifications for that question my answer is meghalaya and the the living bridges they have there what is that i don't even know what that is so it's like this part of india that's like it's like the bit of india that's like right above bangladesh yep and they've like basically the indigenous people have crafted bridges out of the trees oh wow so like if you want to cross a river like you cross the river on a bridge they made out of a tree oh that's cool like like where they like they like basically like planned the roots so that they grew and interlocked with the roots from a tree on the other side wow and that's their bridge that's very cool that's what i want to see but yeah i definitely i definitely would love there's a part of me that's very strongly um drawn towards the idea of living like 30 40 days in nothing but darkness that sounds pretty amazing. And not just because it's metal. I'm in Berlin and it's 30, 40 days of nothing but gray. There you go. All right. I think we're out of here. We will see you next week with an amazing guest. We will see you the following week with an amazing guest. Then we're not going to see you for a couple of weeks because it's the holidays. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's our first year. It's very exciting. Um, I don't even know how many of you are out there, but whoever's out there listening, and I do get text messages every week. Uh, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. We're doing this because we love it. We do it. We're doing it because it's fun. Uh, we're doing it to promote things like our, our amazing bands on, on Blacklight Media Records and, and Metal Blade. But ultimately, we're doing it because it's fun. And it's great that you're out there listening. And uh, we threw you guys a curveball today. I hope you loved it. We're out. Raise hell for you still. All right. So that was awesome. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening to Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more. And above all, keep it heavy.
Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.